Hello, this is Tiara. Hello, this is Allie. And welcome back to another episode of The Goddess Vibration. So this topic is going to be slightly different. Um, I don't know if we've talked about this specific topic in the past. We may have alluded to it in some ways, but we're going to begin a series on trauma and trauma responses because I, I, I think that trauma is something that's very heavily misunderstood in our society. Um, and part of that is because clinically, they can't seem to agree fully on what trauma is. So there's that. But also, I think people don't realize what trauma really is and what it looks like. Um, and I think people don't realize that many of the things that they engage in or many of the behaviors, particularly some of the negative behaviors that maybe they're trying to work through could potentially be trauma responses. So we do have a lot to share around this topic just because Allie and I do have our own experiences when it comes to trauma. Um, but this particular episode is going to kind of dive into that and set it up, but this is likely going to be a multi-part series. So just FYI. Trauma comes in many different forms, and something that Tiara and I have learned is that trauma is can also come from past lives and be carried down through our DNA, and so trauma is actually very complex. We're going to try to break this down as simply um, and as easy and smoothly as we can, but you know us, we, we sometimes go on tangents. We are getting better at that. Um, however. It, this is something that we really do want to talk about, and let's just, I want to make it as easy for our listeners, because this can get very complex. Yeah, speaking of tangents, let's just go on one right now, because we were talking about TikTok, and how there's this whole section on TikTok called Book Talk. Um, some of you guys might be familiar with this area of TikTok, but essentially it is mostly women, who are reading what I refer to as sexy novels or sexy books. And these are books that are like Fifty Shades of Grey-ish, like very spicy, steamy, sexy, sensual. And me and Allie were wondering if the obsession with this category is rooted in like a trauma response, like people trying to escape reality and you know the clusterfuck that is their lives um i think that there's some part to that and some truth to that because it kind of reminds me of what men do with porn um but a couple of these videos have come across my fyp and i was I'm, i will say that i i'm actually intrigued by some of these novels like I, I know that there's one in particular that's really popular that's like i think it's a college professor that's banging his student but it's like you know really sexy and like unexpected and there's sexual tension and you know that stuff is it's it's fun especially if you know maybe there's not a lot of that in your life um now i'm not saying that's the case for me but i am saying that I, I, i've gotten curious and i'm looking at some of these i'm dipping a toe in there to see if i'm into sexy books or not so i'm going to keep you guys posted on what I discover. Um, I'm reading a book right now that's like 
oh shit, what's it called? It's, it's, it's essentially a novel about two teens. They're in high school and they have a thing for each other, but no one is saying anything about it. It's just kind of like they gravitate towards each other and they don't really know why. So there's like this sexual tension between them the entire time. And I, I just started reading, right? So I'm just like a couple pages in. But I'm already, already so frustrated because I'm like, oh, my God, will you guys just get to it already? Um, so I'm going to complete that. I'm going to try to finish the entire novel. I'm not good at finishing novels. I'm going to try to finish it, finish it, and then I will decide from that point whether or not I am interested in diving more into the sexy book genre. So we'll see. I have not really explored that. Romance really hasn't been my thing. Maybe Well, typically not me either. Right. Um, but, you know, maybe I should explore why romance hasn't been my thing. Who knows? It, it could be an insecurity thing. It could be a trauma response thing. I don't really know where it comes from or why it's there. But, I mean, okay. I'm not saying that those sexy books aren't fun. I mean... I'm sure that they are. People love them for a reason. Oh, I know. I mean, and it's not just they love them. Like, people are fucking obsessed. Like, obsessed. And the same, we saw the same thing with Fifty Shades of Grey. Like, it was like a cult of women that were like, oh my God, this series is just changing my life. Now, there's a difference. I, I feel like there's a difference between romance and like the steamier, sexier stuff. I feel like there's there is a difference. Like a lot of novels do combine them, but I don't necessarily consider Fifty Shades of Grey to be a romance novel, if that makes sense. I don't know. Maybe I don't really me. know what Fifty Shades of Grey falls under. I don't know what category that falls. Yeah, under. I don't either. I mean, maybe I've seen, I've seen I've I've seen the movies. It's taken me like eight years to see all the movies because I just I saw the first one and then. I don't know. I think I I think I just saw the second one like last year and I think it's been out for like what 5 years or something like that. So, I mean, I'm not heavily invested, but I've seen the movies, but um I wasn't that impressed with the movies. And so I'm I'm going to assume that the books had to have been better for it to just build up to what it was. Right. I do think the books were better cuz like I said, it was like very cult-ish, similar to what you saw with like uh twilight and and i've never seen other? twilight i have never watched the twilight series either i've only seen like little bits and pieces here and there i haven't read any of the books either so same which is funny because my mom was so into that series i don't know why something the about vampires thing. i don't know there's <laughs> something there was just something about vampires that people were just obsessed and maybe you know, I don't I didn't particularly find them good looking, but like, you know, people found Robert Pattinson to just be like this gorgeous being. I, I don't know. Just my personal taste. Yeah, I didn't think any of them were attractive. Him or the other guy. Like the Taylor. I think his name's Taylor. Right. I was just like, I don't get it. <laughs> Sorry, guys. If you are Twilight fans, I don't mean to like trash your 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 fantasy. Same. Personally. Same. I just, you know, not my thing, but anyway, so <clears throat> I want to start off by talking a little bit about what trauma is, because I've been reading this book, and this book has been amazing, you know, in trying to navigate some of my own wounding and the wounding of my, my twin soul, I've actually dove into uh, 
little bit of the research behind trauma, and I stumbled upon this book called Unbroken by Mary Catherine McDonald. And I loved her perspective because she's really no nonsense. She's a, a therapist, but her approach to trauma is that there is an aspect of our society, particularly like in the clinical area, that has gotten a little bit of it wrong when it comes to what constitutes trauma. So in her opinion, she says that trauma is essentially any thing that creates or causes a um, physical response in the body over time, right? So she views trauma as a natural response that the human body and the human mind has when it comes to um, anything that is a threat, right? So our bodies have this built-in mechanism that's like fight or flight. If you feel threatened, your body will go into one of these modes, right? And again, it's very natural. It's just the way that we've been built. Um, if you experience trauma and your body initiates into one of these responses, it creates responses in the brain that can leave an effect. And it's an effect that's more or less physical. Um, it's, it's mental and emotional too, but the defining key factor for trauma is that the response in the body is physical. So what she has seen is she has seen people who have had traumatic experiences that don't consciously remember what happens, but when something triggers that past event, they have a physical experience or um, response in the body, whether it's anxiety or fear or panic um, or anger. Like there's some type of response in the body that can be detected. Um, now, when I was reading a little bit about this, I was like, well, how can you have trauma but not remember it? Like that doesn't make any sense to me. Um, she breaks it down and says that Oftentimes, when we experience something traumatic, our brain doesn't process the memory because it's so busy trying to protect itself. So what happens is the memories kind of get compartmentalized in places, but they don't get fully processed the way they should and stored the way they should. So you'll see oftentimes in the future that people with trauma might not remember something, but if anything triggers that memory, they will respond and have a physical response to it. Um, it is so fascinating. I find this whole area very, very fascinating. Um, another thing she was saying that I thought was really interesting is that clinically we want to say, okay, this event, if something like this happens, then it's trauma. She says you can't do that because sometimes people will develop trauma from things that we would consider, you know, mundane or not as traumatic. So say, for example, you're being bullied at work. You know, obviously that's not um, like, you know, seeing your friend get murdered. They're not the same thing. However, the responses that the body has to those two events could be equal. Um, so I just I just thought that was really, really interesting. Um, and it, it 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 all makes sense. Um, for some reason, our society has built this negative response to trauma. Like it's almost like there's a stigma around trauma. 
Um, I don't really know why this is here. I, I'm wondering if part of it has to do with like the war and some of the people that were coming back from the war that had trauma um, and that do have trauma and still struggle with it. A lot of veterans, for example. Um, I, I don't really know, but we have this stigma towards trauma and I think that that has made it very difficult for people to get help. I think a lot of people don't realize what they're experiencing is trauma. I think a lot of people think that it's something they can navigate through on their own. Um, or a lot of people minimize what they're experiencing, but it's really unfortunate because if more people sought out support for trauma, I think this world would be such a different place. If we didn't have the stigma around trauma that we do, this world would be such a different place. Um, it's unfortunate that we haven't had more research be done behind trauma, and her reasoning for that made so much sense because we as humans have this thing where if we find something that threatens our status quo and it threatens how we've done things, then we reject it. And I think that once you start digging into trauma and looking at the different things that we have done to people in our society, so for example, the way we jail people and put them in prison, um, that it, it makes us question just about everything in our society that we've done. And no one wants to look at that. So... I just wanted to provide a little bit of some background and some of the information that she has shared in regards to trauma. And, you know, for me, it all makes total sense. Um, I've taken that information and I've used it in regards to like providing coaching and guidance to other people. Because if you are a coach, whether you're a spiritual coach or um, a guidance coach or a life coach, it's, it's important to be trauma informed in some capacity, just because so many of us experience that. So many of us have some form of trauma. I would probably say all of us have some form of trauma. And there isn't any one thing that is trauma. Trauma is basically just trauma depending on how your body and your mind responds to the event. That's, that's really all it is. So um, fascinating stuff there. I just wanted to share a little bit of that. Trauma is a very sliding scale, too, and it can develop in very many different ways. And it doesn't always have to be physical, but most of the time it will always be physical. So stress, believe it or not, stress is a trauma response. Right. Right. It's it's the little things, you guys. We're not talking like, you know, child molestation. I mean, we're not like it could just be the little things such as anxiety, headaches, stress, every little thing that happens in your body could be a form of communication. Your body's communicating with you saying this naturally should not be here. It's here for a reason. You need to explore it. And so many people just go day to day ignoring all of these signs. And it's really about having first of all self-awareness you need to have that first self-awareness yeah. is absolutely the number one transformational thing that you could provide yourself and that's like why when in like with my clients and my coaching that's why I work with them to build the self like I work with them to help build their intuition I help them bring the self-awareness in I do soul integration with them because it's it is important to understand your history because there is so much more to a person than this one life that you're currently living 
we are souls who have incarnated multiple and multiple times over. And we don't know what type of trauma we're bringing into our new incarnation. We don't know what our history is. We don't know what our past lives have gone through. And once you really dig into reincarnation, you realize that in your soul contract, like nothing is coincidence, you guys. Nothing is coincidence. Every single person that comes into your life, I can almost guarantee you that you have had some type of past encounter, past life with that person, and they are there to teach you a lesson. And this is, if especially if you come to Earth, where this is a school, and they're teaching you, you know, you they will con- your spirit team will continue to send you back to this planet, like the hardest system in the entire universe. <laughs> they will keep sending you back until you learn those lessons. They don't care how many times it takes you. They don't care how many times you need to reincarnate. If you are not learning these lessons, you are carrying over that trauma. You are carrying over all of this stuff <laughs> from God knows how many lifetimes. And that's why, like, it's really important to sit with yourself. This is why spirituality is really important. Not new age, but spirituality. Like, under, like really digging into your past life. Past life regression, it has been, it's scary, but it's been awesome. Um, really, like, there's all these tools and all these signs and all these ways that your bodies communicate with you through just the littlest things that if you have a headache, if you're stressed out, if you have anxiety, if you feel like you have depression, if you if you're having bad dreams, even bad dreams, there are million ways that your body can communicate with you. And that's why we want to talk about this topic, bring in this discussion, because we want to help the public become more self-aware of their bodies so that they can take those next steps into healing, whether you want to start with yourself, because I know money's tight. And then if you really need assistance, then you look into outside resources, whether it's therapy, psychiatrists, whether it's life coaches, whether it's spiritual coaches, but there's so many things that you can do to connect to your body that doesn't require money. Like you can meditate, yoga, um, just sitting with yourself, writing, writing's a great outlet. There's all these resources that don't cost money that you could be doing to be working and improving upon yourself. You know, Allie talks about like the body communicating to you. And she is absolutely right that oftentimes when it comes to trauma, the body will communicate to you first. So if say, for example, you are having panic attacks, which have become quite common in our society, unfortunately, if you're having panic attacks and you're having multiple panic attacks, like it's an indication that something is wrong. It's an indication that there's trauma somewhere that your body is responding to. Um, and that could be just about anything. It's a, there's a good chance also that there is something triggering the panic attack. And whatever that trigger is could be related or associated to the trauma. It could be something you're not even conscious, consciously aware, aware of. It could be something that you experienced in childhood. It could be your soul. You never know. So she's absolutely right when she was saying that oftentimes trauma is carried at the soul level, which was new to me when I started this journey, but it absolutely can be. 
which means that in some instances, you might be born with some type of soul trauma. Um, so it's, it's important that if you're starting that spiritual journey and you know that there's like something wrong or you feel like you're having some type of trauma responses, you don't know why, um, it's really important to try to build some self-awareness for one. But if you want to dig really, really deep, you'll probably have to work with a professional or someone who does soul integration um, or at least someone who knows trauma response, because that level of work is very, very specific. It, it's not something everyone can do, even when it comes to like a therapist or a psychologist who does trauma support. Like it, it's 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 hard to find those people who know how to really, really do it. Unfortunately, again, there's just there's just not enough people who know how to do proper trauma response and treatment. Um, but they exist, and you can find them. So definitely don't write off finding someone who can navigate you through trauma specifically, because it will be probably some of the most important and healing work that you ever do. Tiara, do you mind talking about your story a little bit and sharing your story? Because really it was your story and like with the help of my development that really kind of unfolded and unlocked this whole universe of trauma. Oh gosh, uh, which part? Which part? Well, just the part about how, because I've known Tiara for a long time, like over ten years now, and you know, on the surface, I mean, obviously, let's go into the three D physical. Like, obviously, like you come from a great family, you know, like everyone, everyone has their things. No one's life is perfect. I'm not claiming that my life has been yeah. fucking far from perfect. But I'm just saying, like, on the surface, like, you had great things going for you. And I don't think you realized the level of trauma that you had. But that level of trauma wasn't from this incarnation. The level of trauma was coming from your soul. So that's why I'm just wondering if you would, wouldn't mind sharing some of that. So I, I'll provide two examples here because I did have trauma that was from this incarnation. Um, and it came from emotional neglect that I received as a child because both my parents were very, very busy. Um, myself and my sisters included often felt emotionally neglected. So basically feeling like we weren't getting the nurturing at that you know, feminine level that we needed from our parents, um, feeling like we kind of had to go about it ourselves. Um, I often felt like I couldn't go to my parents for anything. Um, whether I'm being, I was being bullied or struggling with something personally, I, I never really went to them because I felt like I couldn't do that. So I kind of learned how to self-soothe myself. Uh, but that left um, a neglect wound, which was a form of trauma response. And when you have a neglect wound like that, you will often seek out perfectionist behaviors to kind of validate yourself because you didn't get that validation from your parents, so now I have to give it to myself. Um, so there was that, but also at the soul level, I had a soul that had been through a lot of trauma, um, including things like rape, murder. Um, the one wound that I think was perhaps, perhaps affected me most in this incarnation was, um, a rejection wound that had the effect of me not only rejecting myself, 
but also rejecting advances from other people who were interested or attracted. And it's not that I was like, oh, no, just stay away. It was more just like I had lost that sense of awareness around people who what it, what it looks like when someone's interested, because I assumed that no one would be. So that's what I saw when I made that assumption that I'm only to be rejected. I didn't see when other people were actually interested because subconsciously they weren't. To me, they weren't. Um, so I lost a lot of opportunities because of that. Um, <laughs> it's not funny. But I, I rejected men who were really, really interested because of that without having even knowing that what I was doing to them was so devastating. Like, I had no fucking idea. Um, so that has affected my, me and my soul in very profound ways. And I'm just getting to that place where I'm like, okay, let's clear this rejection wound because this is like devastating, like devastating. Like there were a couple of things I wanted to do in my life that I didn't even try doing because I automatically assumed I wasn't worthy of it. And that's really sad. You know, it's really sad to be in that place where you don't even give yourself or pursue those opportunities that you really want because you don't think that you're worthy of them or that you're capable of them. Um, even though at some level, I knew that I was. So um, the rejection room is, is, is a very tricky thing to navigate. Um, and for unfortunately for myself, it went quite deep. Um, so those are just two examples of some of the things that I experienced um, in this lifetime, which could essentially be considered traumas. Um, Again, I feel like when it comes to the clinical community, there's a lot of disagreement on what trauma is. So please take what resonates and discard what does not resonate. I'm not here to like spark debate or you know any type of fighting in that community. It's just, I feel like when we expand the definition of what trauma is, it makes it easier for people to get help, in my humble opinion. I would agree with that. I think that, I mean, I understand why people go into the field of psychology. I understand, like, I actually find psychology to be really, really fascinating. But even though there are general things that a person will learn in psychology, it's still the individual. It still comes down to the individual. You can't take all of that schooling and all that knowledge and apply all of that to just the general public like everyone has their own individual traumas everyone has their own individual things that they're going through and so that's why it's like you could go see like multiple psychologists and therapists but you might not be making any headway with them and it's really important like and it, this is where it gets really tricky because I've been in that situation I have seen many therapists throughout like my childhood teenage young adult years it's, I haven't been in therapy for a long time because I just chose a different route of healing because I realized that I needed the deeper healing so like mm -hmm. when I was younger I would do the psychotherapy and I would just go into an office and just kind of ramble but I wasn't getting any better and it's not that I didn't know I was getting better. It was just through my behaviors, I realized my behavior's not changing. I'm still unhappy. So something's mm -hmm. not working. 
right? I had to be able to bring that self-awareness to myself and say, this isn't working. Why isn't it working? So Mm -hmm. then I had to shift my mindset and be like, okay, you need to find something that works for you. And then it's like, I understand it's time, it's money, it's an investment, but you have to keep going. And I feel like a lot of people fall off and kind of feel like, you want to know what, like, this isn't working. It's got to be me. And I hate that defeatist, like that defeatistness and people just being like, okay, well, clearly it's me. And that is so damaging to the psyche. And you will hit those roadblocks. I mean, some people hit it on the mark. Good for those people. But the majority of people don't hit it on the mark on the first try. And so you know, maybe they might try again, but you just got to keep going. And that's where people just, that's where the defeat, if it, if it's not successful in the first like two or three times, that's when people give up. Now, Allie, are you talking about like, if they're seeing a therapist? No, I'm talking about any type of healing with anything. Uh, okay. I'm okay. just talking about with anything. Like it could be, it could be looking for a new job it could be um you know not finding the right type of help it could be trying something new like if you want to get into music for example and you can't pick up the you know if you're not learning the instrument as quickly as you were hoping it's like when people set expectations this is the thing about the mind that's actually really fascinating when people set expectations on themselves and they don't hit that mark in a way, you are automatically already setting yourself up for failure. Right. And because people don't hit that mark, then it does something to them. Like it either it either does what fight or flight, I think is a great is a in speaking of trauma responses. So it's like, you know, I want to learn this new instrument in three months. Like I want to become very good at learning this instrument in three months. Three months goes by, you didn't. So then at that three month mark, you're either going to run away from it or you're going to keep fighting and become better. So, Allie, in your opinion, say, for example, someone who's getting therapy, you said that after a while you determined that the therapy wasn't working. Now, how long should someone be in therapy before they determine whether or not it's working or does it just vary per person? It varies per person because I think the thing about therapy is that there, the issue that I was having, there was two issues I was having with therapy. And the first issue was a lot of my trauma comes from the fact that I'm adopted and being adopted is a very different journey. And it, it's going to vary from person to person who are from adopted, but like mine was, even a more weird situation because like I was adopted I grew up in like the smallest state in America it with the smallest population in a town of like a thousand people I was the only ethnic person there and I obviously struggled like with my own self-worth and self-identity but like I mean being the only ethnic person it's just like you're kind of like looking around and you're just like huh why am I the only colored person in this town and um and so yeah it just caused a lot of like insecurities and things and so I did start therapy when I was like younger and 
I kept I was in and out of it like my teenage years and what I realized or um, I think my mom also might have helped me realize this is that my mom was just like okay you you need like a special type of therapist like you need to change it up like psychotherapy just with like some just normal therapist is not working so like we need Uh, to find someone we need to find someone who works with abandonment issues yeah we need we need to find someone that specializes in your type of trauma in your type of needs so that's what i'm talking about it's like you can go to a general therapist but they might not be specific to your needs And Mm. the thing about a therapist is that they are supposed to help you get to the root of your problems for your specific needs. And if they can't do it, then they are not for you. Right. Okay. That makes so much sense. So we found someone who works with the abandonment stuff and it, it, that actually was helpful, but I still hated psychotherapy. Psychotherapy just wasn't for me. And so when Around 2015, I decided, was it 2000? No, it wasn't 2015. It was around 2012, around the time I met you, actually, is when I actually, it's so funny how the universe works, because I worked in a bank, and I was helping this woman at this bank, and she was a hypnotherapist. And I knew about hypnotherapy because my mother raved about hypnotherapy. And so I obviously knew about it and I was just like hypnotherapy. And it's this woman, I just, I vibed with her so well. And I was just like, you know, my mother like speaks so highly of hypnotherapy and it's something that I know about, but she was like, you should just come in and just try it. And she convinced me to come in and try it. And I got to tell you guys, like, to do that subconscious work, it, like, unlocked something inside of me. And I was just, like, I still remember those therapy sessions. This was, like, what, 15 years ago? 12 years ago? 11 years ago? I still remember those therapy sessions. I remember how she put me under hypnosis. I remember what we talked about. I remember where she took me. And... I'm telling you, doing that subconscious work, it's like really what unlocked like this whole world of subconscious work and how important subconscious work really is and how important past life regression is because that trauma carries through your mm-hmm. DNA, through the soul incarnation, through the soul journey. And that's why it, there have, it, If you want to effectively heal, in my personal opinion, you need both. You need someone to help you at the 3D level who fits your needs. And then you also need to do the subconscious work because that's the only way that you are going to really truly heal and break these karmic patterns and really help your soul evolve and move up in your ascension process. Right. So. We talked a little bit about trauma from a clinical perspective, some of the things I've read. Um, we were touching upon the different trauma responses as categories. So I don't know if some of you guys are aware of this or not, but there are four recognized categories of trauma response that's kind of like generally understood. Um, 
So I just want to touch on each of these because your specific wound, whether you've got an abandonment wound or a rejection wound um, or something like that, um, depending on how it affects you, the responses that you have could fall under any of these different trauma responses. So we know that trauma is an event that overwhelms your ability to cope. Right. We know that the human body has like this built in mechanism that's protective. And when we experience trauma, we often don't process the memory properly. Um, instead, we end up having triggers of the events that affect us at a later time without perhaps consciously knowing that. So these four specific generally understood responses to trauma are flight, fight, freeze and fawn. And I know some of you guys have probably heard of these. But I do want to touch upon these just a little bit because it might help guide where your issue is and what you might need to do to address it. Um, so flight is, apparently this is one of the most common responses to trauma. Um, and it's, it's essentially just basically a survival instinct. And it makes people feel a need to escape danger. So usually if someone is experiencing this specific trauma response, you'll see things like increased heart rate, anxiety, higher blood pressure. Uh, sometimes you'll see things like anger. Um, and again, it's just because something is triggering a specific traumatic event. Um, another one is fight. And this is when your body goes into fight mode. So this is when the body is like, oh, no, I need to actually physically defend myself. Um, you'll see similar responses to what you see with flight, like the increase in the heart rate and the blood pressure. Um, but this is the one that could make people act out physically um, or like engage in explosive behaviors like um, slamming doors, self-harm, harming someone else, um, irritability, explosive anger, like things like that would be under the fight response. Um, the other one is freeze. And this one's actually also relatively common. And it's when the body is responding to overwhelming fear. Um, so you'll see things like, let's see, um, things like shutting down, being indecisive, dissociating from yourself. Maybe you like don't have any goals, or maybe you don't pursue any goals, or maybe you just feel like there's no point to life. Maybe you're not making any decisions for yourself. Maybe you're feeling stuck or stagnant. That would be under the freeze category. Um, the last one is called fawn. And this one is really interesting because I didn't initially know that this was a trauma response, but it actually is. And this is the category where you see things like People pleasing, pleasing other people over yourself, trying to impress other people over yourself, having no boundaries, being codependent, self-critiquing yourself. Um, you know, I, I do think that self-rejection is under, well, maybe not this one, but like if you feel like you can't um, establish boundaries for yourself to maintain your space or boundaries to protect yourself, that's also under fawn, which is really interesting. You wouldn't initially think that, but apparently it is. Um, 
So those are the four generally recognized trauma responses. And I do think all of us probably have a little bit of all of that. I know specifically for myself, I mostly engage in polite. Um, just because I, I had like that anxious energy. So a lot of that anxious energy included things like being an overthinker, perfectionism, hyperactivity. So I, I think I talked about in other episodes how I was like working and going to school and like training bodybuilding and, you know, doing a 5K. All of that was under flight. I, I essentially couldn't sit with myself because if I did, then I would get anxious and I would have to start thinking about things I didn't want to think about. So um, I, I've actually seen that in a lot of people, the flight response. Um, but yeah, so I just wanted to share that as a general guide. You can actually Google some of these and look at them yourself, but it could help, you know, you with trying to figure out why you have the traits that you have and seeing if they are linked to specific uh, wounds. So I hope that's helpful. Yeah, I'm actually looking at the list myself here. And I mean, I know I definitely have had some type of, you know, one of these, you know, what what they look like in every category. So I think it is important for our listeners to realize is that, like, we're not trying to put you into boxes and like, don't try to like, overanalyze it's just like this is very general information but i would say that most people have definitely more than one yes definitely i know i know for sure i have been in freeze mode fight mode i've been in all four i mean just looking at these general like you know anxiety fear avoiding perfectionism dissociation when i was younger depression um, I was I was an angry angry person, <laughs> um, and then let's see in the fawn category, yeah I probably eh, I would say fawn I actually had the least, but the other three were very prominent in my life. I was mostly flight, but I did have some of that fawning because I was a people pleaser. Like, especially when it came to work, like, I was always like, okay, what can I do to, like, make my boss proud? What can I do to, like, make her like me more? Um, so I, I did have that. But, again, mostly nearly everything for me was flight, um, which is interesting. Now, some charts, like, if you're Googling and looking at these, some charts might include another one called flop, which is, like, surrender. Um, apparently, I guess this is something that can happen to the body where it just like the body just stops. So things like fainting, losing physical control, going limp, that kind of thing. That's interesting. I, I've never, I don't think I've ever experienced that. I don't think I've ever fainted because of an event. I know that that happens for some people, um, but you might see that one too. So I just wanted to share that. I didn't know that that was a thing. That's interesting. I didn't either. Yeah, there's like, well, you know, I, 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 I've heard stories and seen on TV where like a very traumatic event could make someone faint, you know, that would technically be considered flop. If that makes sense. No, it does. Yeah. Hmm. Um, so I, I hope that, again, this kind of 
gives you guys a little bit of insights into how to navigate some of your more deeper healing, um, especially if you're considering going into that subconscious level or into the soul level. Um, knowing your trauma responses is going to be very, very helpful because it'll help the therapist or the specialist, if you decide to use one, um, figure out which tools are best for you. Yeah, if I would have known this stuff, like, when I was a child, Jesus. (laughs) Oh, I know. I know. That's why I think trauma research is so fascinating because the information is so helpful. And it's just like, dang, if I would have known this, like, a long time ago, I would be on a different path right now. (laughs) Well, I think we all would be. And I think that's what's, and I think, you know, it's not good that we ignore or run or void or what you know distract distracting our minds keeping ourselves busy all the time it's just our outlet it's an it's it's escaping it's running it's flighting and Mm. so many people just don't want to face their issues or their fears and I mean my heart goes out to all of you because I mean we've been there it's not easy for anyone but I think and I think what really need the message I really want to get out there is you're not alone. Like you have a support system. Like we are seeing more and more people. You just have to, if you are, if you spend a lot of time on social media, you guys need to start looking for a community, right? Because it's like, this is what, this is where technology has gotten us, right? It's we're shifting into, if you want to date, you got to get on online dating. If you want to make friends, you kind of got to meet people through these social platforms. It's just we've become so technological um, reliant on, you know, I, I wish we could go backwards. I hope we can find balance in it. But with the way things are right now, you just kind of have to work with the times a little bit and find a community because I'm telling you, I am seeing more people coming out on social media is just saying like I'm not happy this this can't there has to be more to life and like finding that support group finding that soul tribe finding that soul family that is will help lift you up instead of all of this other noise and nonsense about like influencers and like how you should be and if if you're not living authentically then you're gonna struggle Right. Because you're always trying when you're not living authentically, we're always trying to keep up with certain image or certain times or trying to strive for this and trying trying to strive for that. And I mean, I'm telling you guys, it, the, the government, the, the, with the dark energy on this planet is making it more and more difficult. So instead of like continuing to strive to be this thing that society is telling you, you have to be this in order to be successful like take a step back start living authentically it's like you you have no idea the magic of like manifestation and the magic of what starts to happen to your body and your mind when you start to heal and when you start going through this process Mm. it is really transformative it is so transformative and as i said it'll probably be some of the most valuable and um Deeply transformative work that you end up doing is diving into your traumas and working through them. Um, I only spoke a little bit about a community. 
we might create a community for you guys at some point in the future. You know, obviously can't say when, uh, but it is something that I've been thinking about. Um, just like a little space for all of us to come together. And, you know, if you guys are looking for support or guidance around healing, or if you just want to connect to other like-minded souls, providing that space for that. Um, so that is something that we're considering. If you guys have thoughts or feedback on that, we'd love to hear it. You guys know how to reach us on our website. We have our email addresses there. Um, but we're open to any suggestions you might have around doing something like that. So I recognize the significance and the import, um, importance of having a community um, and having a soul tribe because it does make a difference, you know, to have that supportive community around you who can help you and lift you up and guide you in the right direction. So we do see the, import see the importance of that. We absolutely do. And it's just one of those things where it's like, we really should be lifting each other up, especially in today's society. We shouldn't be tearing each other down. There's just so much negativity out there and people get, people thrive on that negativity. They get caught up in the drama. And honestly, you guys, it's such low vibrational stuff that really is damaging to the psyche, whether you are aware of it or not. Yes, definitely. So a final update for this episode. I just want to share that I officially made it over to Colombia. Woohoo! Uh, and I've been here now for four days already. Oh my God. Is it four days? I, I think Tuesday. so. I Tuesday. think so. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be four days today. So I've only really been here four days, but the area I'm staying in is like highly immersive Spanish speaking neighborhood. No one speaks a lick of English. So it's, it's forced me to use my Spanish and you know, I'm getting better at it. Um, I, I'm fortunate. I, I studied Spanish for about eight years. So I, I understand it for the most part. If they speak it slowly enough and it's going to require practice for me to become get back to that level of being fully fluent. Um, but I am here. And so me and Ali are going to be doing some work and building up a community around um, this space. Uh, so you guys have a lot to look forward to. Um, hopefully we can get a lot of that up and running this year. But you guys know that we will definitely keep you informed. Absolutely. Shout out to my Colombianos and Colombianas <laughs> and the Paisas. Absolutely. Um, it's, it's exciting that this year will be easier for us to work. That's for sure. But, um, yeah, Tiara and I, like, if you've, if you've listened to us last year, thank you. But, like, you know, we still want to open up our channeling sessions. We still have a lot of things that we want to do to provide the collective. Um, and so I'm sorry that it's kind of taken us a while to get here. It's just with personal lives and being in different continents and <laughs> time differences and everything. It's just taken us a while. But. Um, you know, TR and I, we talk all the time, we brainstorm and we have some really big things coming up this year. Yes. So, so excited for 2024. So you guys, please stay tuned. Um, we have a lot in store for you guys. Yes, we do. Um, I just want to say thank you. Um, I hope, I hope you guys are eager or at least interested in seeing like what comes up in this series. Cause I think we're going to dive deeper into individual topics such as like perfectionism or the rejection wound or abandonment issues, because I know a lot of people have that and a lot of people struggle with that. And that's a very difficult space to navigate. 
and you know like me being adopted like I have a lot of my own personal input and my own personal growth and stories along with the abandonment and so I can recognize those tools um there are many forms of abandonment there's there's many there's also different levels as everything as Tiara says it's on a scale yeah um and so, yeah, and we'll probably look into some other like very common or not so commonly known trauma responses because our job really is to help the collective. And if digging into these topics and sharing personal stories about ourselves helps you guys, then we're doing our jobs. Absolutely. Absolutely. So thank you guys so much for tuning in. Um, like I said, we've got a lot in store around this series. So we are going to dive into those individual wounds, the more com- common ones. And hopefully, you know, it'll really help with some of you guys who are navigating some of that um, and give you the support and guidance you need to really get the support necessary to clear so that you can get on your way to becoming your best and highest version of yourself. So... Thanks again, you guys, and we will be back with another trauma episode diving into one of the more common wounds. Yes. Thank you guys so much. Um, If you guys have any feedback, too, or if you guys want us to talk about something, please reach out to us. Like, we've said it so many times. Like, you can find our emails on our website, goddessvibrationstudio.com. Shoot us an email. Like, send feedback or reach out to us through one of our social media platforms. Like we do check and we do want to engage more with our audience. Yeah. And um, yeah. So thank you guys. And I hope you all have a great week. All right. Thanks you guys. Talk again soon. Bye. Bye-bye.